Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you today. So we do our midweek sermon recap that we try to do each and every week for you, just to dive deeper into the message, but also usually just spurs more conversation. That's hopefully helpful for you uh, each and every week. If you were at service this past week, you know that it was a little different. It ended different. We had a medical emergency that caused us to have to stop service about halfway through. Um, and he's he's doing fine, if you were here. Uh, he's he's home from the hospital and everything, and so I don't think there's anything to to worry about there. I know it was a little scary there for for a moment, but thankful for the nurses in the church and the people who respond to those things who know what they're who know what they're doing. I often just try to step out of the way and let them do their thing because they they do a good job with it. And thankful for the uh, volunteer fire department who came and all those who who helped. Uh, they did a great job. I'm just thankful that we have that in place, and that stuff happens when you get together uh, like we do each week. And it's, I don't want to say it's common here, but it's not uncommon here for sure. Uh, but again, glad it was glad it was handled handled well. So with that being said, I mean, it makes this a little different because this was the second part of a two-part sermon of which I didn't get to finish again. And so uh, how this is going to go, I'm not sure because I really... Uh, only got through the intro, uh, mainly. I didn't get to get to the application and stuff, so I'll try to think of a way to do that next week, I suppose, and we'll we'll try to figure that out. Don't know yet how that's going to going to happen, but we we did transition from looking at the church as the body of Christ, which is an analogy, to the family of God, which is not an analogy. We are the family of God. We're not like a family. We we are the family. And so the way I chose to try to talk about that the best I could was obviously talking about something that's common amongst most people, and that is that we are a part of a, of a family, um, of a blood family. We have grandparents, and we have parents, and cousins, and uncles, and aunts, brothers, and sisters. Um, some have wives and husbands that make up a, a family, a family unit. And we see in, in Scripture, and we, we talked about this, that uh, the family is a, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It, it's definitely a good thing. God ordained the family all the way in Genesis. Before sin ever entered the world, uh, God planned out the family. He has Adam and he has Eve. Uh, he tells them to multiply, to fill the earth, and to subdue the earth. And he's telling them to, to be a family, to go and have a, have a family. And so there's great blessings within this family, and there's great intentions within it. And so we don't want to speak ill of the, of the family. We we definitely believe in that. And and so talking about that, we I I tried to talk about the fact that uh, what we do, most people, we orient our whole lives around our family. Do you guys think that's Do you guys think that's true? I mean, for most people, I'm sure there's some that it's not, but. I would say for most people, our whole lives are oriented around family. Would you guys agree with that or take issue with that? No, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I was looking at the family pastor for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty <laughs> obvious. I mean, we orient our lives around our families. <clears throat> There's other things, obviously, we orient our lives around as well, you know, like our careers or jobs or things like that, but... Definitely, I think the family in most people's lives in most circumstances is going to take precedence over 
those other things. If there's a conflict, um, I think most people will choose their family. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we see that, and so uh, the way that that the way that that plays out usually is our time. Our time is spent with with family, um, and again, different families are, are different. There's some people who probably are close to their cousins and and know their cousins very well. There's others who haven't seen their cousins in a very long time. Probably doesn't make one better at family than the other. Um, there's some who spend a lot of time with their immediate family, with their spouse, with their children, and they don't have the opportunity to see a lot of other part of their family. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't live by them, or whatever. Whatever the case might be, there's just different circumstances, and so they only really get to see their extended family maybe around the holidays or special times if it's like a family reunion or something like that. And there's again nothing nothing wrong with that. But there's others who live close to their family, and so they get to see a lot of their family a lot of times and and they find that most weekends are spent with some sort of their family uh doing doing something and so time is that's how we we base our life and our time is given to to our family right um our money our money is used for for family you know like uh, Scott had mentioned people have their career and they orient their life around their career. A lot of people have their life oriented around their career for the sake of family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can uh, feed their family. That's a good point, yeah, right? I yeah. think because a lot of people who would prioritize their their career over their family in that instance would probably take a view of, but I'm doing this for my family. Sure. Right, mm-hmm. so that's their mindset. So that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, uh, and so – I think all of us in here are parents. We have kids. We're at kind of at at different stages. Me and Amanda actually were laughing at some of you last night because some of the comments you'd said because uh, you're just not at a certain point with your kids yet, and so you just don't know until you get there. But money is one of those. I remember. I remember thinking, I can't wait till my kid doesn't have diapers anymore because we'll be rich. That wasn't true. <laughs> Something else came in <laughs> in place, and all of a sudden, you know, or or uh, I remember it was a really sad day in my house when my kids' feet were no longer in kid size shoes because mm-hmm. those were cheaper, and now they're in adult size shoes. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, now it's a hundred bucks for a pair of shoes or eighty dollars for a pair of shoes, you know, and it's just so frustrating. And um, as your as your kids age, it just costs it costs money, and so your money goes towards that. But also, you probably. I hope don't mind spending money on your spouse, right? You want to bless them and love them and take them out for a date. Yeah. Yeah. Do stuff like that. We want to be able to do that. Right. And, and to spend money. And so our money, we factor that in. Scott's a big budget guy. Do you, do you guys do a budget Dave? Mm-hmm. Like where you actually, okay. Yeah. Angie's really good at that. Yeah. I said, do you guys do it? Not yeah. Angie. <laughs> we do. I, 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 incur, I participate. I empower, but she does it. <laughs> She's really good with numbers. And I go along with it. So, yeah. But for most families, when they budget, mm. most of their money is probably family. Right? Yeah. It goes towards, it goes for, and I know this just seems common and but I just want us to get our mind around that, right? Our our families just become so central that it takes our time, it it takes our money, again our calendar, which is our time, when we're factoring in um vacations, when we're factoring in all these different things that we want to do with the time that we have, uh we start to think about extended family more, right? Like Christmas is coming up. Most people are trying to think of, okay, you know, how are we going to get to grandma's house and the other grandma's house? How are we going to see these? You know, this is what we've normally done. And especially families who are just coming together and having kids that I remember that being a big problem because it used to be, 
it used to be easy if it was just the two of you, mm-hmm. right? Go to mom and dad's house, and this is what we always do. Now kids start to mess it up because you're like, well, I want to stay at home with our kids and let them open the presents and enjoy that. And then so things have to be shifted and kind of changed. And But we all normally want to please our family. We want to be a good family member in the midst of that. And, so, and with all this, you're not saying that these things are bad. You're just saying this is reality. No, th- yeah, I'm just saying this is yeah. the reality of how it is with with family and really just of of life. Because really, no matter what culture you go to, it's it's the same way. This is just how this is how it is. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying this is good. This is something that God uh, designed and planned for us. Um, there's other things though with family too that come into play. Is we put up with the craziness of our family, right? We we're willing to give mercy a lot more probably to our family than to others. Um, we're willing to deal with difficult situations because it's our family, right? Uh, maybe maybe someone in your family has a drug issue and you guys know it, but you go through a lot to try to help them. You you have and your family has and you, you still care for them and you still greet them into your home and you still, you still love them and you've been burned by them, you know, at times. But because they're family... You allow that to keep happening because you love them and you, you care for them, right? And you want good for them. And and maybe, you know, there's some family you've had to have some hard love to them. And But, again, you do that because it's because it's your family oftentimes. And so we put up with the with the craziness of our family and we and we put up with the difficulties of our family. You know, families all face difficult situations and they go through it together oftentimes. And in different ways, don't get me wrong. There's some who are um, more introverted in the family. There's more who are some who are more extroverted. There, there are people in the family who are just go getters, and and so they might do more than other people in the family. But most of the time, like if there's a death in the family, if if there's a birth in the family, if there's a hardship in the family, if a divorce happens or something like that, the family usually will try their best to rally around their loved one. And the reason for that is because they would say. Well, we're family, and this is what family does, right? And I think we would all agree with that. And that's those are those are those are good things. And the way I tried to wrap this up a little bit, if anybody remembers with what happened uh, in the service, um, we don't try to get traded from our family. You know, no matter for the most part, no matter what happens in somebody's family, if you ask them, so do you want to have a different family? Most of the time, they're going to say no. They might say it'd be really be better if Uncle Ed wasn't in it, you know. Or so I mean, there might be that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong, but for the most part, people are going to say, "No, I'd still want my family." And for me, that's a crazy thing to think about because I know people who've had they have horrible families. Divorce is rampant in their family. Everything is so confusing in their family. You know, they have alcoholics in their family and drug addicts in their family. And when I look at their family life, it's like your family life is horrible. Would you want to change your family? No, I love getting together with my family. What? <laughs> I mean, that's, but that's just the truth of it. And and here's the crazy thing. I didn't get to pick my family. I had no say-so in it. Now, I got to marry my wife. And to me, that's that's the only thing I got to choose. And even in that, I didn't get to fully get to choose it because she had to do that as well. Uh, she had to say, okay. And, and you uh, had to pay a dowry. To yeah, Roy, I, yeah. I mean it Roy, was, it was hard. Yeah, he was southern. It was easy. A couple oh. of Hard- Hardy's gift cards. Oh, that was all. Yeah, oh. breakfast. <laughs> Good <Okay>. to go. <laughs> Surprised it wasn't honey buns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some little Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, we have again. I just I'm just trying to point out the fact we have no say so in our in our family, and for some people, that's even like a problem when you go to marry somebody. When I do like marriage counseling or I'm talking to young people, I'm like, you need to look at their family. Like this person might be great, but you got to deal with their family the rest of your life. Is that what you want to be a part of? Right? I mean, I think it's a real thing to think about. Uh, but I didn't get to pick who Amanda's family was, and so. Now I'm a part of all these people who I really had no say. I had no choice in it. Uh, what they do, I don't have a say, but yet they are my family. And so because of that, we love them and we care for them and we try to do our best to be a good member of of the family. And I, I tried to lay all of that out Sunday um, to show that the Bible actually does speak of something more important than that family. And I think that that's shocking for most people. And I'm being honest when I say that I've had many of pastors tell me, Tim, you never, don't ever put church before your family. And I understand what they're saying. I, I do get it. But the problem is, is too many people, I think, have took it too far to where they've said, my family is much more important than ministry altogether. And that's just not true. The church family, the Bible says, is our most important family. It's where, uh, it's where our life should be centered. Now, what God is good about, oftentimes in his in his grace and his mercy is our immediate family a lot of times will be a part of our church family for a lot of people and that's a great blessing that god does uh for us and a great privilege for us as parents to see our kids come to know the lord and now they are a part of the church family as well or to have your parents you know in church with you is a is a great thing or for some you know grandparents or down the line uh, so god is very kind in that i'm not saying that we just God is calling us to abandon our family to go be a part of the church family. Oftentimes they're intermingled, and it's a great thing. But Jesus said some statements in, in the book of Matthew where he makes it very clear of what should take precedent in our life and which family is the most important, that it is the family of God that reigns that reigns supreme. Uh, he said, I'd have to, let me, let me grab my uh, sheet here. Sorry, but in Matthew... Uh, chapter 10, verse 37, it says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I mean, if that was just the simple criteria to get into heaven, most people aren't getting there, right? I mean, that's we see this in sports. They love their children more than the family of God because they're willing to go to the sporting event all the time, every Sunday, every time they gather, and they say, we're doing this for our kids, we're doing this for our kids because we love our kids, and this verse rings in my head when I hear that. It's like, who do you love more? Sons or your daughters or God? Mm, you got to answer that, right? Uh, but again, this is just one of those verses that points uh, to the truth of what I, what I think the Bible says about what's more important. Or Matthew chapter 12, 46 to 50, says, While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Could you imagine? I can't imagine. Let's say I'm on stage and or teaching or something, and somebody comes up to me and it's like, Hey, your mom is ill outside. And me saying, Yeah, I got something more important to do right now. Why are you bugging me with this? But it's your mom. And I was like, yeah, but these are my brothers and my sisters. What makes her more important than anybody else? Can you imagine the reaction that would come from that? People would be like, you jerk. <laughs> you are the most unloving person I've ever, I've ever seen. But that's kind of 
what Jesus is doing in this moment, mm-hmm. you know, hey, your mom and your brothers are they're outside and they're wanting to come in and see you. And his kind of response was like, ah, my family's here already on top of that. You know, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I'd like to hear your guys' take, I guess, some uh, on this. I, I Oh, go ahead. Okay, I, I agree with, you know, your premise. Was, I was right, you know, as far as the commitment. The only thing I would push back a little bit is when it comes to, like, putting the church before family in the sense of, like, Genesis chapter 1 and 2. I know you mentioned that, but God created Adam and Eve, husband and wife. For this reason, a father, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. That is before the church, right? God instituted that that bond of husband and wife. So I do think where, so where I would push back with what you're saying is when they ask Jesus, will there be marrying in heaven? Well, and yeah. he says, no. Mm-hmm. And so in heaven, which is the greatest family that we're going to have, yeah. there is none of that. We're just family. Right. We're just, there's just the family of God. There is, there is no more of that. We are the, the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that is the only marriage. And so that's true. Yeah. From that, but that's I think, where Sinclair for, cause a lot of this I read in his yeah. book, uh, devoted to the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, like which that. I yeah, and so I I would just say from I, I understand like exactly because I mean Jesus referenced mother brother sisters you know sons and daughters but I do think according to Genesis that God said for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife you know be fruitful and multiply I do think that that needs to be of highest priority I think Tim Keller so just the spouse yeah as a fa- as a family and because Tim Keller said that. And I think his book on marriage is really good. He said the only place that marriage works is first placed. We have to be, we have to recognize the the immense um, biblical mandate or standard that God gives. So what would we say, what would we say to a couple? Let's say a lady comes to our church and comes to know the Lord and her husband is not a Christian. And her husband is telling her, you absolutely don't go to church anymore. What do we say to that lady? Yeah, and I think that's a different case um, because she needs to be obedient to the Lord because they're unequally yoked. You know, I know, I'm saying that, but they weren't unequally yoked when they got married. So they were married. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't tell her to get divorced probably, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we would say you have a higher calling here to the, to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah. Is there's a higher calling to the Lord, and thus a higher calling to the family of God. I'm not saying we leave our wives to starve while we go and feed everybody right, else. Right. Um, I definitely. I mean, there's there's wisdom that needs to be done in mm-hmm. these situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying overall, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think. I I guess I don't know if this is what Tim Keller was saying or not. I don't think we can say the number one family unit in all of Scripture is husband and wife. I would have to say the number one family unit is the family of God. Yeah, and I think that husband and wife reflects that. But I do think that the priority in Genesis before sin, as you mentioned, that God instituted two things before anything else. That was a Sabbath and marriage. Those two things were untainted by sin and therefore i think that's why marriage becomes that priority and then he says be fruitful and multiply and that's the idea of having children so i understand from an extended standpoint you know like extended family but i think the family unit as god sees it is more of a priority the family what do you mean by family union husband, husband, and, wife husband and wife and children yeah but he I, said sons and daughters and right he one. did say that but so I, that would get rid of that yeah but i do think 
I do think that it's a different category in the sense, because Jesus, what is Jesus doing in there? He's saying, what is the kingdom of heaven? He's teaching about the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. Who are my brothers? Who are my mother and sister? And I agree with that. And I don't, I don't think they cross cancel each other. I think it's both. And I think, you know, like, for example, I had a pastor when Angie and I were, were engaged. He really helped me understand that walking through that because he said, you got to guard your marriage, you know, because ministry can yeah, I had that said to me all the yeah. time. And I think that was so wise because I had a different pastor who basically said, put the church before, before your, before your wife, before your, your family. It's most important. And he was a workaholic, had a very dysfunctional, very dysfunctional relationship with his family. And I think that where, where it kind of, it kind of, that's where the rub is. So I do think there's a balance. And I, I, I agree with your premise. Yeah, I'm not, but I do think there's a balance. I do think that, that God's standard is, very high when it comes to marriage and as a priority. And so that's, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I think, I mean, obviously, too, we're also like the instances where both of you guys were told that you're obviously being trained for ministry in those circumstances. And so our our family situations and our relationship to the church is is a little different. But I think in the vast majority of cases, when you're a part of a healthy family and a healthy church, which healthy is relative because we all have problems, (laughs) we all have issues— I don't think – I think we need to be careful of orienting these things as mutually exclusive. Right, yeah. I think you can do both, right? And Scripture very clearly commands you to take care of your family. Um, and uh, But at the same time, I think your point is, is good, Tim, that <clears throat> we need to recognize that even the words that are used to describe our relationships to other Christians as familial language, as brothers and sisters, meant something – you know, to the church, Mm -hmm. like when they were talking about each other like that. Um, And so there was a, uh, something that I thought was really helpful uh, as I was uh, trying to become more oriented in family ministry uh, soon after I got here was I read through a book by a guy named Timothy Paul Jones. It's called A Field Guide to Family Ministry. But one of the things that he was talking about in that book, one of the reasons that parents, um, prioritize the wrong things with their kids is because they don't they don't really understand who their kids are and their relationship to their children and one the way that he encourages parents to understand what is my relationship with my children right now i am obviously their parent but on a on a more fundamental level my children are my what he calls my potential brothers or sisters in christ mm-hmm. that's who these kids are at, at the most basic level, like in when I'm talking about my relationship with them and our relationship with God, when they're born, they're not my brothers and sisters in Christ. They're my potential brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you think about your kids and your family that way, that, that does change the way you prioritize your time with them, uh, prioritizes what you do and, and, um, and your family structure and the priority of going to church, discipling them, teaching them, evangelizing your own children. Um, but I just think that was a that's good, an interesting way that he, I think, is doing what you're talking about is prioritizing our spiritual family and seeing even your own blood relatives, your own children, in that light of being these are my potential brothers or sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just something that I was thinking about as you were talking about how we think of our families and our relationship with them compared to our relationship with the church mm-hmm. um, and being part of the household of God. Because in a real way, even though your children 
come from your own flesh, you have more in common with your church family than you do your own children mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And that is a good reminder because you're right. It is, we're at a different we're in a different category, if you will, being pastors, where we do have to, you know, um, guard our guard our marriages and our families because there is a lot of pulling at us, you know. So, so like what you were saying about the lady that has a husband who says don't go to church, you know, what well, that's obviously that's different. But for training and ministry, and I'm just thankful, like I like kind of what you were saying, Scott. I'm just thankful for that training that I had to help me because I know my tendencies to be a workaholic with my dad's a workaholic. My tendencies to, to would be putting too much stock in that were to the neglect of my own family. And I think that's obviously we're in a different category as, as ministers. So I, that's kind of the angle I was coming at. So, and I think that obviously, you know, there's both in, you know, so I'm having that balance. Yeah. I just, I, again, I'd just be hesitant of, I try to think when I when I preach I try to think of the context I'm in but I also try to think of other contexts and say would this be true in any context anywhere and if you go to like the Muslim world those family those those individuals to come to Christ give up all their family mm-hmm. and even face death mm-hmm. and we would tell them that there's a better family waiting for you you know what I mean um, and so I think when you look at it from that point of view uh, you have to say the family of God is what reigns supreme over over everything, and I think we would all we would all say that and all agree with that. Now, I didn't have the pleasure, the privilege yet of being able to really give application uh, of how this how this plays out and what this looks like, and that's kind of what you two were just talking about. It it's going to play out different in different people's lives just because of different different stages of life or or different careers or whatever it might be. And us being pastors is unique. Is, is unique to others, you know. Uh, there are there are differences. I, I try to not say that much because I think a lot of pastors try to raise themselves on a pedestal them, <laughs> by talking about how hard it is to be a pastor or how special pastors are, the unique challenges of it. And, of course, there's different challenges in every job. But uh, I ha- I'd have to believe there's huge strain on a family whose husband's working 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week at any job. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's managers out there who are people, they're, they're responsible for people under them, just like a pastor's responsible for people. Now, ours is spiritual. Theirs is going to be a little different again, and that's where it comes into play, uh, the differences. Um, and so I don't want to put too big of a caveat, but there is there is a difference with thus for being pastors than, uh, than the average church member of what they're going to do of course that is and so we have to factor that into our our family right our our wives don't ever get to come to church just as a church member they're always the pastor's wife uh, our kids are always the pastor's kids and there's different things that that hang on that no matter how much you try to guard that or or work or work against that, uh, that and there's that, really good blessings that they, come with that too there's absolutely good blessings. it's not it's actually right better yeah. than worse. I think that's the, I agree with you. Yeah. I, agree I think that uh, as a PK myself, like that is, I don't view it as a negative mm-hmm. and I, I really don't understand why it's always viewed negatively It is yeah, you're right. because I, I, I never grew up thinking it was a bad thing. That was just life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I think like, that would, I think that would be, <laughs> I think that's a big Testament though. I don't know if your mom and dad listen to this at all, but that should be a big Testament to them of knowing that they're do They were, they probably were doing a good job in ministry then, 
um, because they were maybe protecting you from some things, or they they saw the church as a blessing. Right, sure. your dad's it not, was important. Yeah, and your dad's not coming home like, oh my gosh, this place, you know, that makes well, it, that could yeah, happen. I'm, I'm that sure too. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Believe me, that happened. But no, I think one of the it things that I'm sure, thinking yeah. about is, um, in the Bible. Uh, you think about family because there's there's actually a whole Old Testament context. In fact, the whole idea of the word for redemption is hearkening back to family language, mm-hmm. redeeming your brother, so showing family loyalty, family commitments. I think one of the things about family, particularly in the Old Testament, I think this flows in into the New Testament, is for one of the questions it answers is, who am I? It answers the question of identity. And so what we're saying here is... Um, Whenever I, whenever you ask somebody, a Christian, who are you? Their first response, and what's, this is what Jesus is starting to get at. Your first response, if as you're getting trained in grace, is, I'm part of Christ's family. Now, I do have my own family, but my first identity now is I'm part of the second Adam's race, not the first Adam's anymore. I've been taken out of the first Adam. I've been put in the second Adam. So I'm part of this family. That's who I am. But also, who? what am I here for? Um, those questions. Uh, so what's my purpose here? And all of those things are now governed by my relationship to Jesus, not by my relationship to my first family. The ironic thing is, is I'm actually able to love my wife more when I love her less than Jesus. Sure. Yeah. I actually am loving her less whenever I love her more than I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that also then applies to the church, because if I love Jesus, then I love Jesus' body more than I love my own family. That's what Jesus is highlighting. Right. So I actually love my own family more when I love my church family more than I love them. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm loving my, my, my earthly family less whenever I put them at a higher level and love them more than I love my church family. Mm-hmm. And... um that's actually the that it goes against the way we think because we often think I've only got so much love to give, but actually what Jesus is showing us is that whenever we're in Him, because His love is infinite, He's at work in us, so that whenever our commitments and our loyalties and our identity are now found in Him, we are actually increasing in love capacity, not decreasing. It actually increases in a way that we never thought possible before. Mm-hmm. So that I'm actually a better father. I'm actually a better husband because I'm lo- because of because of him. He's my elder brother now, and so part of that also then shows. I think one of the greatest examples of what this looks like in the Old Testament is when Ruth, um, right? What she what she says right in the very first chapter of Ruth is family language, and she's ripping herself out of her old family. And saying, I'm part of your, she says, uh, your people shall be my people. Mm-hmm. And your God, my God, where you die, I will die. Which that's she's saying is, I'm, I'm forsaking my old family loyalties, and I'm joining with your family loyalties. And that's the wonderful thing that happens when somebody's baptized or joins our local church. They're joining our family. And it doesn't mean that they become less... Um, less beneficial members of society or less beneficial members of their earthly families, they become better, not because of them, but because now Christ is in the family because they're part of Christ. Now their Christ is in them. They're in Christ. Therefore, Jesus is now in that marriage. Jesus is in that family because, Mm -hmm. because of your union with Jesus Christ. And I think that's whenever you view the Bible that way, the whole Testament and then the new Testament it's it's showing Christ at work 
mm-hmm. in, in all of those things. And I think that's, that's what Jesus is getting at is, um, actually you find so much more. And I, but I think that what Tim is getting at though too is, who am I? And if you ask so many Christians, I think they're, because they're living in the world, um, uh, their, their identity still is primarily earthly familiness. But what we're saying is you're losing out on so much mm-hmm. if that's your primary identity because you're also not going to understand what you're here for. And so that's why we need to be refocused on who am I? Well, I'm part of Christ's family. Mm-hmm. I'm in Jesus, and therefore I'm part of his body, and I'm part of his family. Yeah, That's, that's really so important, I think, um, mm-hmm. for our identity, who we're here for, yeah. and then our loyalty shown to our brothers and sisters. And, and the Puritans would say that our family unit, you know, husband and wife, kids, or if it's no, no kids, husband and wife, is a little church. It's the little church. And so I see it as, first and foremost, our relationship to Christ, that we are, you know, we are in Christ. Secondly, is our immediate family, which is our little church. And then third would be our broader church. So the problem, so so here's something I would Mm -hmm. would like to get your take on. We've had families leave this church to do what they call their home church, which is just their family in their house being a church. I would tell, I would say to that, that that is uh, scripturally wrong, mm-hmm. not leaving our church, but what they're, what they're doing. Uh, and they are prioritizing their family because of whatever little disagreement. Normally sure. it's not theological. Yeah. Normally it's not anything major. It's just, 